Good. We're going through a theme uh, being switched on. All right. And I'm going to, I've made a faith statement here this morning. This is Nick. You'll see just now in about seven months from now on, you're going to see what Nick is going to look like. Okay. So uh, anyway, so the theme for us is being switched on. Uh, switched on inwardly, switched on outwardly, switched on inside uh, towards this community and then outside towards our community out there as well. So uh, that's what we're speaking about here uh, the next couple of weeks is you've got to be switched on to your local church. You've got to be switched on to your local church. And I want to speak a little bit about that this morning. Uh, uh, and, and I want to talk in a parable this morning. You've just got to follow me. And you've got to pause every now and then and see the spiritual side because otherwise I'm going to be here for a week. You've got to understand some of the spiritual lessons uh, as I emphasize certain things, certain things about our human body this morning as well. So um, we have got a local church that God has connected us with. And if you're floating around and you just go from church to church, you're not doing what God really intends for you to do in a local church. So there is one body. I'm going to read some of those scriptures a little bit later on. One body, but has many parts. So although there is one body here, there is a body with many parts. But then we also, thank God, belong to a wider body. Uh, and pray for Rhema because, you know what, this week, I think it was two days ago, their building, their roof collapsed. And so they had to make, I think it was yesterday or the night before, they had to make quick, quick, quick uh, a way to go and go to Gallagher Estate to have their services there. But trust God, because it's your family. You know, pray for your family, all right? Uh, and that it would not, the devil would not win any victories here. But anyway, so there's one body, and we belong not only to this body here with many parts, but to a bigger body with many parts as well. And I want to touch on that the next couple of weeks. You see, when, when, I, when I look at Jesus and the way Jesus taught, is I, I see something, and I'm sure you've noticed it. He talks in parables. In other words, he tells stories. And sometimes when he tells stories, he actually does not give the meaning of that story. He allows people to wonder what he said. So once or twice... In all the parables, his disciples would take him home and say, now what did you actually really mean by this, the seed and the sower and, uh, and so on? What did you mean? And then he would take these few and he would explain to them more in depth what he was actually trying to say. So this morning I'm going to speak in parables to you. And you've got to understand the depth of it a little bit on your own. So there's lots of parables. Jesus spoke about the parable of the sower, the mustard seed, the fig tree, the faithful servant, the wheat and the tares, the leaven, the hidden treasure. The, are you writing this down? The pearl, the net, the lost sheep, the merciful servant, the laborer. And the, are you writing this down? All right. Two sons, the wedding banquet, the ten virgins, the talents, the two debtors, the, the good Samaritan, the rich young fool, the lost coin, the prodigal son, the unjust servant, the rich man, and the beggar Lazarus. And like I said, sometimes he tells the story and he leaves it up to people to try and make out what he's actually trying to say. And I think, Lord Jesus, that's not really fair. Okay, but uh, he leaves it. So when we talk about the church, you know, and I'll come to the scriptures a bit later. He speaks about the body the human body, and relates that to the spiritual body, which is us, the church. And we're going to pick up some stuff here, important stuff about the human body. And I want to excite you about this amazing, amazing, amazing creator God this morning. And then we're going to apply some of it, not all of it, to our body as well. You know what David, David one day looked in the mirror. I, I, I'm sure he didn't uh, because, but he, he said these words in Psalm 139 verse 14. And he says, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it full well. You see, he, didn't, he wasn't on an ego trip there. He wasn't just after Jim looking at himself and flexing his muscles in the mirror and saying, you know, or just won a battle and say, look at me, I'm this. I think what he understood is the complexity of the human body. He understood how God put the stuff, maybe a little bit more than we can today through science and so on, understand the beauty, the absolutely amazing machine that you and I have that we call the human body. I think we live in an amazing world. I love all the stuff God has given to us to enjoy. The mountains, the seas, the rivers, animals, uh, and all kinds, even people. But the greatest of all creation, the greatest of all creation, my friend, is God made man. The pinnacle of his creation is your body and my body. You can look at yourself this morning. You may not want to say it loud because you've added and padded a little bit. But you have a marvelous machine. You know, it is precise and it's efficient and it's made for movement. And you'll say, wow, is that true? Yes, it is. So the human body is a dynamic framework. It's a dynamic framework of bones. It is a skeleton of bones and cartilage called the skeleton. So Nick, just sit still now. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Look at the people. Amazing. Now, now, I haven't got flesh on this. Uh, Nick has still got it. Uh, still got lots of it. And uh, I didn't put tendons on this. I got this from a medical student who's in a third or fourth year. And I begged it. And he says, oh, oh. I said, I promise you I'll bring Scaly back. I promise you I'm going to bring him back. But uh, this is the skeleton that, uh, and I'm going to add a little bit. You know, this amazing thing about the skeleton is there are joints in us that cause us friction. And God did an amazing thing with these joints, Septi, that no other human being can do with any machine to lubricate. We've all got to lubricate from the outside, uh, the machines that we create. And yet God from the inside created my body to make a jelly kind of lubrication to lubricate all these joints that you will see here. Isn't that amazing? That that just naturally comes. It knows exactly where to go and what to do in my body parts. I think God blows my mind every time I think about my body. You know, let me tell you something about us. Is the body has a chemical plant that no other person has ever been able to repeat. Uh, this is an amazing chemical plant. This plant changes the food that we eat into tissue. There is nothing like that. Nowhere else like this. You see, it causes flesh to grow, blood, bones, and teeth. It even repairs itself after accidents and disease. Power to work and to play comes from the food that we eat. So the stuff that I put in through this big gap here creates bones, flesh, muscle. Isn't that amazing, this chemical plant? that is walking around here this morning and speaking to you about the goodness of God. My body, your body has got, uh, um, sometimes it overheats, okay, for different reasons, okay. First time I saw cattle, it overheated, I'm telling you, and it still does from time to time, all right. But the body sometimes overheats. The body has got its own cooling system. And what happens when I overheat is through these millions of tiny little sweat glands in my body, sweat just starts dripping out coming out. Those of you who have never seen the inside of a gym, go and try this. It's a wonderful experience of God's goodness and God's amaz amazing creation. All right, so this, 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 this cooling system cools my body down. The human body has got an automatic thermostat. It tells me when it's too hot and too cold. When it's too cold, it says put on a jersey. When it's too hot, it sweats. 
All right? Now, and, and this amazing thermostat keeps my body at about 37 degrees all the time. Nobody can duplicate this, my friend. The brain. And I know sometimes you go home and say, use your brain. But your child has got a brain, I promise you that. But this amazing brain is the center of all of this. It is a complex computer system that God placed in there that did not just evolve over millions of years. This computer system sends on a minute by minute, second by second, day by day. It sends billions of little bits of information to the rest of your body all the time. Informations that control your actions. Informations that even make your eyelid move. That is how amazing God has put this body together. You see, in the body, there are nerves. It's like a wiring system inside of your body. And information that comes to your body sends it within split seconds to your brain. Now, let me test you. You've got to play with me now. You've got to play with me. Touch your arm. How do you know that you touched your arm? Because your nervous system sent a message in split, split, split seconds to your brain and said something touched your arm. That's why you feel pain. That's why you react when you feel pain as well. That's the amazing body that God has put together. So when you say mean machine, you can say it even though you have padded it a bit or I have. That is how God put this all together. In fact, it, it, people say that I'm actually seeing with my brain and not my eyes because that's what my brain does. The, the eyes is a phenomenal thing that God has put in the sockets of my head. And these eyes are like modern cameras they developed based on what my eye can do. Did you know that? It's amazing that our eye focuses and, and, and aperture are adjusted automatically. They've made cameras now to work like my eye. God is amazing. My ear is just as amazing. There's sounds that are playing, and there's a, pers a, a perfect instrument, a musical, little musical instrument on the inside of my ear. And sound waves go down the auditory, uh, auditory uh, canal, and are carried by three little bones in my ear. It's like a tiny little shell in my ear. The outer ear operates in air. The inner ear operates in liquid. So scientists don't understand it, how sound can come through air into liquid and send a message to my brain. You know what those three little bones in your ear, they are called something like that, icicles or something like that, pyramids. Okay, they are exactly the same size as what they were when you were born. God is amazing. The heart, the heart is another amazing part of your body. It has a muscular pump forcing blood through thousands of kilometers of blood vessels in your body. You see, blood carries food and oxygen to the rest of my body. And in fact, the heart pump pumps an average of about six liters of blood Every minute it pumps it in my body as I'm standing here. And, 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 and a day I worked out with a calculator has got 1,440. And that is not too long for some of us South Africans to pronounce. 1,440 minutes in a day. And, and so in other words, if I use my calculator again, if it pumps 6 liters per minute, then this body pumps 8,640 liters of blood every day. Good boy. Good boy. Sit down. You need some chocolate cake too. This body has got 206 bones. 206 bones in it. They are put together by 300 different parts. 
It's got angles, it's got canals, it's got holes, it's got bumps, and so on and so on. And if you count all of them, if you name all of them, and just the skeleton here with all of this, without the tenors, I'm coming to that, these 206 parts have actually got 3,000 different parts that are named by doctors and scientists. 3,000. Remember the number. 3,000. All right? Now, your body is not only looking like this, and some of us should look more like this, but we don't, is that every joint has its own name. And there are 500 different names for different joints in your body. If you've got a calculator, you're adding. So you can flex over 600 muscles in your body. And everyone has got a name. And there are over 1,000 names for those different parts in your muscles. You have over 3,000 nerves in your body. And finally, you have got 79 organs in this mean machine that God has given you. And if you count all the parts of those organs, they add to about 2,500. Now let's put them all together. How many of you kept score? There's about 10,000 named parts on that chair, Jock. Isn't that amazing? I hope that helped you a little bit to understand this human body put together so beautifully by a skillful, intelligent designer is the God that I serve with all my heart. All right. So you wonder where I'm going with all of this because time is ticking on. Hang in there. Hang in there. Just now you're going to have to do some spiritual gymnastics to read into what I'm saying. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. Look at yourself. You create it in the image of God. I don't know if God has got 10,000 parts in his body or in his spirit or whatever he looks like. One day we will see him. Maybe he's got a lot more than that. But in his image, I have been created. I have a responsibility to look after this tent the best I can for as long as I can. Have you ever wondered though, Burton, why God has given you tonsils? Eh? You don't have them anymore. So why your doctor removed them? How many of you have had tonsils removed? Oh, wrong question. How many of you have not had tonsils removed? Oh, there's five of us. Okay, so good stuff. Keep them. Keep them. Because they are actually very, very important. Do you even know where your tonsils are? You know, I used to believe they're in my throat. They're actually not really, 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 really in your throat. But you know what the, the most beautiful thing about tonsils is this? They, let me not keep you in suspense anymore. They're in the back of your, high up here, not in your throat, high up there, sort of in the back of your mouth. Uh, and, and their location is at the throat and the palate. Okay, so there's a little thing that your doctors took out. You've got a, ah, I'm going to take a, how many doctors here this morning? I don't want to rip you off, but come on now. Stop making money out of my body. My body hasn't got spare parts. They all need it and necessary as well. So let me tell you about this tonsils. What are they there for, Burton? They are part of your immune system. And only later that the doctors work this out. They actually contain white blood cells. And these white blood cells are responsible for killing germs in your body. So keep them as long as you can and as best as you can. All right? The nice thing, though, about when we did, they did get them moved out was they gave you jelly for three days. I've never had mine moved out, but I had to sympathize with my sister and ate her jelly as well. So... Today, they're a bit more careful about removing these tonsils because they realize it's part of our immune system. And uh, they've been, listen to me as a spiritual principle, what seems to be small and insignificant in my body 
they've come to understand have great value. You must link the dots when it comes to the body of Christ. What seems to be able to be removed easily and discarded and thrown away that most of us didn't even know were sitting somewhere here is very important. God did not make my body with spare parts. They are extremely important. So, did you know that if your tonsils doing their job well, that you actually get a sore throat. doesn't make sense, but that is true. That you actually get a sore throat if they work well. All right, so the next time you have a sore throat, you say, good boy, tonsils. You're working good. Thank you for doing that. They fight significant infections in your body. Let me take you another part of the body, and now some of your hands are going to go up again. That is the appendix. How many of you have had your appendix removed? Burton as well? So you've still got that spare part. All right, so... What about that? Lord, why did you make me with this stuff? If my doctor thinks I can just dispose, rip them out, make some money out of me, and, and, and then leave me without something that is actually, it is a 10 centimeter little pee pee there at the bottom of my dugdarum. What is a dugdarum again, Jock? My colon, okay? Uh, it's a little, little thing there. That, and what is the use of this? Why did God put it there? Let, let, let me tell you something. I want to get you excited about this amazing creator, but you, I want to see, you're going to see the body of Christ as well. This little pee or whatever you call that, little tubey, if that offends you, that doesn't, this little tubey is a reservoir of good bacteria. So your body, good bacteria goes in there, and it is part of your rebooting system when you've had stomach illness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Now some of you say, you know, they took my tonsils out, they took my blended data, I made my appendix, I'm going to go to hell now. You know, I've got, no, there's no hope. No, man, just relax, you know. It, it's, that's not what I'm saying. I don't understand. So, Rulof, where are we going with all of this? Where are we going with all of this? Hang in there. Now you've got to work with me. The body of Christ, Jesus says, is similar to the physical body. One body, many parts. The body of Christ is beautiful. We stuff it up like we do with our bodies. We mess it up. That's not God's intention. We do wrong with it. We criticize it. We break it down. We abuse it. We don't participate in it. We become inactive in it. It's not how God intended it to be. It is beautiful. It is helpful. It is fantastic. And, and this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Would you like to turn there with me quickly? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 27 says, Now you are the body. Listen to it. This is extremely important. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. Here's the, here's the bottom line. An extremely deep thought this morning. None of us sitting here, if you know Jesus, is not part of it. None of us. That's what it says. Okay? You are the body of Christ. And each one is part of it. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Hold, hold the 1 Corinthians 12 scripture. I'm coming back to that in a moment. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says this. So in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 
you belong to me and I belong to you. You belong to one another. As you belong to Christ, you become part of a family that you belong to. You belong to it. Now let's go, because we may come back to this in, in some time, to the scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. Listen to this, and I'm going to dwell a little bit here on it. Unity and the diversity of the body. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. So the the rest of the church in Johannesburg is part of us. The rest of the church in South Africa is part of us. Sometimes they do stuff we don't like. Sometimes we don't do stuff they don't like. It is like a family. But I cannot say I don't belong to them or I do not have any part of them. And so we were baptized by one spirit into one body. But in a smaller scale, that is exactly what has happened here as well. And then in verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You know what? Some of us have got to realize that the body has got many parts. It's not just one part, and that's me. And that's how some of us live, and, 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 and some leaders live, and some church people live and say, you know, I am, I am the part. No, I'm just one of the parts. I'm just one of the parts, all right? Now, now I read in my translation how many times it speaks about one. How many times it uses the word one in these translations? I counted 10 times. Ten times my Bible says one, and five of those uh, at least were referring to one body and the rest to one part. So I think God is trying to get a message through to us in His Word. So let me tell you something. Let's go on to verse 15 quickly, and we'll park a little bit, and so on. It says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason say, uh, stop being part of the body. So let me tell you, have you ever, is this absurd, is this stupid to say this, that what if the appendix or the body would say to the appendix tomorrow, sorry, we don't need you. What, what if the body had to say to the heart this morning, tomorrow, I'm going to not need you for 24 hours. Poof. You're gone. You're gone. All right? So I cannot say to my appendix, I don't need you. I'm just telling you in different words exactly what I've just read on the board there as well. Is that, you see, my, my body cannot say to my appendix, appendix, I don't need a dumping bowl for good bacteria. My body doesn't want to say to my tonsils, I don't need somebody to help fight my immune system. I need you. I need that part. The body will struggle to stay healthy because what seemingly may look like it's insignificant is actually in God's design a very important part of the physical body. My dear friend, let's bring it into our lives as a church and we've got to get to grips with this. There are no spare parts in the body of Christ. And I cannot go around like I don't belong. I am. I have a responsibility. I am connected to you, Septi. You are connected to me. You might be the heart. I might be the tonsil. But it doesn't matter. You need me and I need you. I cannot park and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Because then I'm robbing you from health. That's what I'm doing. That's how important it is. Let's quickly go back to this wonderful thing, uh, the tonsils. Why on earth in the mouth? Why did God not put the two tonsils right here in my chest? Because most diseases come into the body through the mouth. 
researchers say, and I don't know if it's Mr. Colgate that has researched this, because you'll soon find out why I'm saying this, is that there must be about 100 or 200 species, different species of bacteria at any time in my mouth. I'm going to put you off kissing for the rest of your life now. All right. So if I don't practice, if, if I do practice good oral hygiene, I may have, listen to this, this is shocking. I, th- I think it's Mr. Colgate that did this. He says, or the, uh, not he, the scientists say that they, if I do practice good moral hygiene, that there would be between 1,000 and 100,000 bacteria on each of my teeth. Blackskortle. Carol, you are never going to kiss me again, or I'm kissing you. If I don't brush my teeth and I don't look after myself, my hygiene, then there might be between 100 million and 1 billion bacteria on each teeth. If you're in a teenager, if you're a young kid, you should say, yuck, I'm never going to kiss. All right? Okay, believe that until you're 25. Why, God, did you put my tonsils here? You get the picture? To stop this rubbish from going into the rest of my system. So I can tell you with confidence that it's very possible that my tonsil is protecting the rest of my body from some sicknesses and some illnesses. My heart, my lungs, my stomach is maybe well protected by two little soft tissues that some people think is just insignificant. And I know what you're thinking, but what am I going to do? They moved. I really don't know. See your doctor for that. But I'm just telling you, you may think you are insignificant. You may not remove yourself. You may not remove yourself. Because active and healthy tonsils is part of our immune system and will fight diseases in my body. Sick and infected and inactive tonsils allow bacteria to come into my body. Church, you cannot just park there. You cannot be unhealthy as well. You've got to walk with Jesus and walk well with Him. You see, the analogy of the church functioning as a body is extremely significant. A message to the church today, to the barn today. You may think, or somebody may have said to you, you tonsil. I don't know. I've heard that people say to their kids these days. I don't know what they mean. I really don't. Have you ever said that to somebody, you tonsil? Have you never heard that? Maybe because you have. Have you said that to your child? Your black squirrel? What do you actually mean, mom? Your tonsil? Is this a nice word? It's not a swear word when you're really cross with them kind of thing. All right. But now, now, now what your kids should say is, thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Uh, my, my mom, when I was a child, said to me one day, yo, devil's a cunt. I said, yeah, ma. Did you get that? Shall I say it in English? You devil's child. I said, thanks. Yes, mom. She must be the devil. She's never said it to me again. All right. Now some of you are getting it. All right. So your tonsil, thank you, mom. That's a compliment. It might be small, insignificant, hidden somewhere behind big teeth. But let me tell you, I protect stuff from getting into the body that is necessary to protect. But I've got to be a healthy tonsil. I've got to be a healthy one. And, and I've got to, I cannot hide myself. I cannot cover myself up. I've got to be exposed. I've got to look for those germs. I've got to find those germs. I've got to do something to them when they enter through that big hole here that I put all that food and stuff through as well. You see, hiding a tonsil is not what God wants in the body of Christ. So even if you think I'm just a tonsil, then don't hide. Use your tonsillitis as your gift of being a good tonsil for the glory of God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 is encouraging you and me to be involved in the body of Christ. To stop being a spectator. To stop just sitting there and thinking that they don't need me. Yes, we do. And if you've been hurt, get unhurt. Very quickly. I had to do that a number of times in my life. By just simply saying this, Lord, I forgive Peter. It's amazing how I got unhurt when I said that. But if I stood on it and sat on it for too long, it took me a long time. But the quicker I learned that, the better. Let's go on to verse 17 there. It says this, if the whole world were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body would be an ear, where would the sense of smell be? If the whole, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Breathe deep in and out. But let me tell you, some of you are saying, Yana, I'm just that quiet part that says nothing and does nothing. No, 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 no. Don't you think you're going to get away with that before God's judgment thrown one day. He has given even a tonsil a gift. All right? So what if the tonsil would wake up this morning and say, Art, I admire you. You pump all that blood through that body. You feed all through the veins the rest of this body. I want to be you today. So I'm going to go down there and you're going to come up here. Let me tell you, you won't be able to breathe if your heart is in your throat or the back of your mouth. So tonsils, stay where you are and do it the best you can for the glory of God. Heart pumps as hard as you can for the glory of God. Yes, that's the message to us today. You see, my dear friend, God, now, now I'm going to speak to you like a doctor now because some of you might be offended. But this is what God made. Some he made a lung. Some he made a gland. Another he made a tonsil. Some he made a neck. Another he made an arm, a leg, or a little toe. And even some he made the rectum. Oh, somebody got hyper when I said that in the first year. You know? Yes. Some even made the rectum. He said, what, what, you're a pastor, you're not a doctor. Well, why didn't you go to your doctor then? And the doctor will tell you that God made one. All right? Okay, let's move on from that. But you know what is amazing about some of the stuff, like even the rectum and the kidneys, the sweat glands, uh, and the nose and the eyes, is that God put them there so that they can take excess materials, rubbish, and get rid of it through a system. And this is exactly how the kidneys work. The kidneys go through your body, your bloodstream, and they find all the stuff that is not good. And they sort of move these toxins from your blood and place it in your it turns it into urine, and there's two little, I don't want to touch you, there's two little tubes that go from the kidney to the bladder, and they're called a fancy name. Something like, where is it now? Ureters, two little tubies. How many of you have had kidney stones? You know exactly where those little tubies are. Oh, yes. You know what? Years ago, I had kidney stones in a row, like two, three in, in a month, you know, and, and, and I realized it is worse than childbirth. It is far worse than childbirth. Women, you don't know what I went through. All right? And those of you who had them, you still don't know what I'm thinking because I'm a man. But now I'm lying in this hospital and the doctor says, we got them out. And I expected him to come in there with a four-ton truck to deliver the stone that was so minute. It was embarrassing. I said, take it away, throw it away. People are coming to visit me tonight. I've got to be able to say it was as big as a brick. Because 
It was not even as big as a matchstick. And so, so this little tube that takes the urine that my kidney has rejected, the toxins and stuff, take it down to my bladder, and then I run off to the service to let it go. That's how beautiful God has put it together. My body maintains 60% of water at any time. That water needs to be flushed through by my kidneys. I need my kidneys, but my kidneys need those little tubes. Those little tubes need the bladder, and the bladder needs the toilet or a tree when you're in a bush. All right? Now, let me go on. Let, let, let me tell you something. So if you feel like a rectum today, chill. Just chill. Okay? Because it is a good thing, part of your body, to dispose of the waste. So chill. Just chill. Okay? Okay? Just chill, you know? And I said in the first service, Pete said, I mustn't say it again, but Pete, shall I say it? Sometimes there's a pain in that area when it comes to certain people as well. So, all right. All right. But, but let's, move, let's move on here. Listen, listen to me, folks. Stop thinking some parts are more significant than other parts. Stop it. Because that's how we create a mess in the church and the feeling of inferiority because I am only a tonsil or an appendix. But you are a heart. Stop it today. In Jesus' name. You see, let's stop worshiping the heart when the tonsils are extremely important as well. Let's stop glorifying the kidneys when those little tubies are probably more important because they've got to dispose of some of this stuff. Let's start valuing. Let's stop valuing more the the the, 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 the that big intestine, and think of the job the rectum has to do as well. Stop glorifying some people. Putting them on pedestals in the body of Christ. It is not of God. It is not of God. The eye, in verse 21, says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seems to be weak are indispensable. They're indispensable. If you're a tonsil or an appendix today, I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, you are indispensable. But if you are not hiding, you're robbing us. You've got to get up and get out and do it. Function. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Let me me close you this morning, my friends. There's a lot more to be said about the body of Christ. But let me, let me tell you something. Can you see what is wrong with my jigsaw? Can you see what's wrong? Say yes or no. If you can't see it, that's part of my illustration. People at the back, can you see what's wrong with it? Thanks, Kenny. You're the only honest guy in that back here. You said, nah. All right. What, what, can you see, Jock, what's wrong with it? Because you were in the first service. Eh? All right. Okay, can, can you see, Septi, what's wrong with my jigsaw puzzle? Let me take your eye. <laughs> you didn't bring your glasses. You, you excuse me. Let me take your eye to there, where those little dolphins come. There's a little gray gap there. Can you see it now? Not yet? Some in the front can see it. There's a missing piece of my puzzle there. Can you see it? There's a missing piece of my puzzle. 
you didn't see that. Now, my mother-in-law just bought five or six puzzle, puzzles from the SPCA this week. Thank God it kept her quiet for like two minutes. It was amazing. I paid for them. But let me tell you, if I go to the SPCA and they say to me, there's a 500 or a 1,000 or 5,000 puzzle here, but sorry, one part is missing. Are you going to buy it? Are you going to buy it? Of course not. I want the complete deal, man. Come on now. You know? You see, one little piece in 5,000, you reject the special price. Yes, I reject the special price. I would rather pay 200 and more, but my friend have a puzzle with all the parts. That's what God wants. Puzzle with all the parts. And you think, ah, you know what? Nobody's going to see that I'm missing. Yes, they will. Maybe not now, but later. Maybe one day God's going to come to your doorstep and say, you know what? I gave you the gift of being an appendix, and you didn't. And rewards will be handed out for that as well. Let me, let me make it a bit more obvious. How many of you would buy that picture? Also not. I think it's a, it's a good place to have a missing uh, part of it. I only thought about it now, you know. It's actually the right spot there. It's, we should remove all those parts, the mouth, you know, from certain parts. No, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah, that's noisy. It's naughty. It's far less noisy like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to buy that puzzle either. See, it would have been so beautiful if I could see the whole picture. But somebody either took it out, stole it, lost it. So um, it is not for use. It is not for good use. It's sad, isn't it? <laughs> Let me ask you the last one of maybe some questions. Are you the missing piece? He said, ah, you guys don't really miss me. I'm not saying I'm missing you. I'm saying God is missing you. That's more important. That's more important because he's given you a gift that you're not using. Stop saying I'm old. I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm, not, I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. I've made too many mistakes. Listen, if we put all our mistakes in the first row together, none of us will do anything. And we messed up. And in spite of that, God uses us because you're part of the puzzle. And your story of a piece of the puzzle which may have been scrambled up and messed up a little bit is still part of the puzzle and tells a story. Stop hiding what God has given you to use. Jesus is the head of the body. We are the members of that body. One member cannot say, I'm not going to play or I'm not going to be part. Or, I don't want part of, of, of you. Members, my friends, are called to be active and not passive for the sake of the rest of the body. I am calling you today. I'm speaking on God's behalf today. Get up and be part of the puzzle. That's his plan. Father, we thank you today that every one of us, whether we old or young, lots of knowledge or little knowledge, Whatever our backgrounds are, we are part of this beautiful, beautiful body, this beautiful puzzle that you are building in your body. And I pray today where fear or hurt or just laziness or whatever it is have taken over my role, my function, that today we will shake it off and say, I am going to do your bidding. 
I'm going to be part of the solution. I'm going to be part of doing what you want me to do.